the Zodiac Killer struck fear in the San Francisco, California area from 1969 to 1974 and taunted police and newspapers with ciphers and phone calls. Though the police had many suspects, no one was ever convicted and his identity is still unknown. Today, we'll discuss some of the Zodiac Killer ciphers, some of the police's lead suspects and why they were dismissed, and a group who claims to know the Zodiac Killer's identity. Next, on Technically a Conversation. Greetings, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, the queen of vocal fry that puts Kim K to shame, <laughs> Isela. How are you doing today? Good. Hopefully, I'm sounding better from the last time. Maybe that's why you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely sound a lot better. Oh, good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. That's awesome. Just a quick reminder about our contest before we get started. If you enjoy our show, take two minutes to leave us a review. What should they do again, Isela? Take a quick moment to review wherever you're listening now. Take a quick screenshot. Shoot it on over to any of our socials. You'll get all the awesome details at technicallyaconversation.com. You'll see a wonderful banner directing you and your attention. <laughs> That's right. Once we get your review, we'll read it on the show. And once we get 25 reviews, we'll do a drawing and give the winner a sexy Technically a Conversation t-shirt. Mm -hmm. So again, check out technicallyaconversation.com or just check the show notes. To those of you that have already left us a review, thank you. Thank you so much. Quick shout outs. Are you ready for the roll call, Isela? Do it, sir. Roll call. <laughs> you have the queens, Erica and Elena. The Duke, Stephen B. Chelsea Grin. Gloria G, Eli, Matthew J, Cover Your Eyes Podcast, and Irene A. Thank you so much for sharing our posts on your social media. I also want to welcome all our new super friends coming over from the Crime Family, Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, Contra Zoom Pod, and Cover Your Eyes Podcast. We hope that you enjoy our show and add us to your podcast rotation. Welcome and thank you, everybody. Also, one quick reminder. Last week, I forgot to shout out Claudia S. I don't believe I did. So thank you very much for retweeting or resharing our medical cannabis one. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Ready to get started? I am. Let's dive in. Great. Let's get started. So Isela, have you ever murdered anyone before? Never. Maybe just ants. <laughs> well, there go the four follow-up questions that I had. But you better get started if you're going to catch up to the person we're going to discuss today. Uh oh No trigger warning on this one, but if you saw the title for this episode, you already know what you're getting into. Oh man, I'm in the dark still. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you know soon enough. Now, a few weeks ago... I brought up the vigilante known the world over as Diana, hunter of bus drivers, a champion for those too weak, too powerless, too voiceless to defend themselves. This week, I'm going to talk about a murderer 
with a penchant for the theatrical. Oh. A serial killer who murdered without any apparent pattern or motive, who got off on taunting the police by calling or sending them letters with pieces of clothing from his victims, or sending them and the citizens of San Francisco messages and coded ciphers through the newspaper. A murderer who wouldn't sound out of place in a Batman movie or comic. As a matter of fact, he kind of resembles the Riddler and Matt Reeves the Batman, except that this killer has never been caught and his identity is still unknown. Don't believe the Fox News and New York Post hype. No one knows his true identity. It's not the cancer known as Ted Cruz, but if he came to your mind, I could only be talking about one serial killer. The one, the only, the infamous Zodiac Killer. Oh, that's exactly who I thought you were talking about. I was like, am I going to get to guess? Oh, okay, cool. I'm excited about this. Oh, that means I did a good job of describing him. Yes, absolutely. And I admit I might have hyped him up a little too much, but even though I wasn't a fan of what he did, I did appreciate the theatrics. <laughs> I want to add him to your list of five things you want to know before you die, so that way you can tell me who he was. <laughs> Uh, although a part of me kind of never wants to know since it's kind of hard to live up to the legend. It's like in Return of the Jedi when Darth Vader finally unmasks himself. It was really disappointing to see what he really looked like. Though that was probably the thing I wanted to know most throughout the OG trilogy. Who he was and what he looked like. Yes. So much like the Diana episode, I want to break this episode down into three sections. Go over the stories and conspiracies, the facts, and finally our opinions. And like all of our episodes, all of our sources will be in the show notes. Excellent. The following is from a Britannica.com entry, Zodiac Killer by John Philip Jenkins. In 1968, a teenage couple was shot to death near their car in a remote area north of San Francisco. A year later, another couple was attacked in similar circumstances, though the male victim survived. After the second attack, a person claiming to be the killer called the police to notify them of the crime and claim responsibility for that crime and the crime from 1968. Later that year, another young couple was attacked in a similar fashion, and like the second crime, the male victim also survived. The last victim that has been attributed to him was a taxi driver who was shot and killed in October of 1969. The murders were the subject of an intense investigation and media coverage, primarily because of the killer's taunting letters that were sent to newspapers and his frequent calls to the police. His letters were sent from 1969 to 1974 and typically began with the phrase, This is the Zodiac speaking, and were signed with a circle and cross through it, which resembled the crosshairs of a gun. I don't know why I channeled Bane in that impression, yeah. but I like it and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> he also sent various ciphers or cryptograms to newspapers to taunt them. The first cipher, known as the 408 cipher, due to the number of characters it contained, was sent in three parts to three San Francisco area newspapers. This one was decoded fairly quickly by a pair of readers. According to Richard Grinnell from ZodiacCiphers.com, the full cipher read, I like killing people because it's so much fun. I'm not going to do that voice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 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 I like killing people because it's so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. To kill something 
gives me the most thrilling experience. It's even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise, and all the people I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. Wow, that sounds like he's been doing it for a while and he's already, it almost sounds like he even tried to take a step back and say, okay, maybe I shouldn't kill, but I'm going to hunt instead. And then he said, no, not as fun. That's, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty nuts. Told you he's very theatrical. Yeah. Another cipher called the 340 cipher was mailed to the San Francisco Chronicle in November of 1969. Do you want to take a guess as to what the 340 and the 340 cipher stood for? I guess number of characters, just like the 408. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> Second question. When do you think the cipher was finally cracked? Oh, uh, how long did the first one take? I think they just said it took a matter of days. Oh, okay. So maybe this one took weeks? Maybe a little bit longer than weeks. Oh, wow. So about a month? A little bit longer than a month. No. Oh, wow. So like six months. Don't tell me. Hold on to your rocks, girl. <laughs> it was barely cracked in 2020 <gasps> by a pair of amateur code breakers. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Can you believe that? It took them 51 years to crack that cipher. Fool's probably dead by the time they cracked that shit. For sure. I mean... It's probably like, oh, yeah, and the milk is 20 cents. I'm just <laughs> you know what I was thinking when I read that? Hmm? They should have called up our homegirl, Elizabeth Smith Friedman. She was still alive during that time. Dude, she would have, yeah, handled that with like one hand behind her back. Yep. Probably. Do you want to know what the 340 cipher said? Definitely do. An IFL science article with the very long title of FBI confirms Zodiac Killer's infamous 340 cipher has been decoded and his message finally revealed by James Felton, published the full message. It reads, I hope you're having lots of fun and trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise so they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life is life will be an easy one and paradise death. That was the message, grammatical errors and all. Wow. It sounds like he had some idea that it was a like a pyramid scheme, right? <laughs> <sighs> you do this for me and then they will work for you and then you'll have all these slaves when you die. It's perfect. What the hell? I kind of got the idea that it was like the Pokemon where you got to collect them all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God, this guy. Well, no wonder he was so, like, ballsy. Yeah, well, he kind of earned it. He's never been caught. Right. According to Crime Museum's article on the Zodiac Killer, he also sent another cipher that read, This is the Zodiac speaking. By the way, have you cracked the last cipher I sent you? My name is Slim Shady. <laughs> Actually, he did not say Slim Shady. <laughs> right. <laughs> That message was followed by a series of 13 symbols that were supposed to be his name. To this date, that code has not been cracked. Wow, that's so upsetting. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I think he makes a lot of grammatical and spelling errors. And I think that makes cracking these ciphers kind of difficult. 
because you kind of look for certain patterns, but if you tend to misspell words, it kind of makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I could see that. The website ZodiacKiller.com, which claims to be the only Zodiac website recognized by law enforcement, stated that in the letters and phone calls the Zodiac made to police, he claimed to have killed 37 people. <gasps> At first, I thought the site was a little sketch, but Newsweek cited it extensively, so that made me feel better about using it as a source, so much so that I did not use Newsweek as a source. I went straight to the horse's mouth, as the kids would say. <laughs> Are there any recordings of the Zodiac Killer's calls? Excellent question, Isela. <laughs> Unfortunately, no recordings exist of the Zodiac Killer's calls, or else that would be what I would be playing for you right now. Oh. Remember how the 340 Cypher claimed that it wasn't him on the TV show and that he wasn't afraid of the gas chamber? Right. What he was referring to was a TV show hosted by Jim Dunbar in which a person called in claiming to be the Zodiac on October 22nd, 1969. While the caller was on the air, he said, I need help. I'm sick. I don't want to go to the gas chamber. The caller was later identified and proven not to be the Zodiac or the Fodiac, as I want to call him. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. <laughs> so let's take a quick commercial break. And when we return, we'll play that clip that aired on the Jim Dunbar show and go over how the police knew the caller was in the Zodiac. Sounds good. Hi, this is Dakota, host of ContraZoom Pod, where we go back and forth about film. I am obsessed with movies. I could talk about them all day. If you're like me, then you'll love my podcast. Every week we take a new topic, whether it's ranking a director's filmography, covering major film festivals, or getting way into Oscar season. While every week is different, we do have some recurring topics, like our Make Remake series looking at an original film and its remake, or our very popular A History Of program, taking an in-depth look, looking at some of the biggest companies involved in film, including Criterion, A24, and Neon. It isn't all super serious topics, though, as we always need to play catch-up with all the hottest Marvel Cinematic Universe news and general pop culture goings-on. There's something for every kind of movie lover, whether you want reviews, interviews, or in-depth conversations. ContraZoom Pod is found on all podcatcher apps, and visit ContraZoomPod.com for even more information. Oh, hey there. I'm Holly. And I'm Sarah. And we're the hosts of Cover Your Eyes Podcast. We revisit the 80s and 90s movies of our childhoods and wonder, why the hell were we allowed to watch this? Is it too late now? Is the damage done? Join us and find out as we laugh our way through the trauma and take a lighthearted look at how these movies shaped our views on society, relationships, and sex. Open your minds and cover your eyes every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Nine one five three one seven sixty six sixty nine. Phone lines are open, folks. Isela and I are ready to take your calls. What are your thoughts on the Zodiac Killer? Who do we have first on the line, Isela? Do we have the Zodiac Killer himself? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would be pretty badass if we did. <laughs> he heard us. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. We're not that type of show, unfortunately. <laughs> now, our friends at the ContraZoom Pod talked about David Fincher's cinematic masterpiece, The Zodiac, which is based on The Zodiac Killer, in episodes 29 and 134, if you guys want more content 
on the Zodiac Killer. And while we're talking about movies, Cover Your Eyes podcast is another great movie podcast. I listened to their episode on Rosemary's Baby this past weekend, and while it had nothing to do with the Zodiac, it was so good. You know how I love my horror movies, Isela. I do, I do. I have to, I think I have to rewatch the movie, and then I would enjoy even the podcast more. Yeah, they really deconstruct the movie and mention things I didn't even catch when I read the book or watched the movie. Mm. So both podcasts are highly recommended, Super Friends. Uh, links to their show will be in the show notes. Great. Well, since Isela is not letting us take any calls, <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. <laughs> if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review. Where's the rest? Come on. We need to hear him or the fake him. <laughs> yes, that's right. I left you all in a cliffhanger. I promised that I was going to play the call the fake Zodiac made to the Jim Dunbar show. Did you still want to hear it? I do. Let's hear it. Okay. The following is from a documentary called The Zodiac Killer. Link to the full film in the show notes. Talk to us. Just tell us what's going on in, in, inside you right now, Sam. Please. I have headaches. Right. How long have you had those headaches, Sam? Been a long time? Since I killed a kid. Well, was it before December that you had the headaches? Yes. Did, were you in service that you might have had uh, an injury in service? Did you ever fall out of a tree or downstairs? Were you ever unconscious? I don't know. You don't remember. Does aspirin do you any good? No. Doesn't do any good. Sam, that yeah, stuff never did me any good either when I had headaches. Sam, let me ask you a question. Did you, um, did you attempt to call this program one other time when Mr. Belli was with us? And you couldn't? What? Did you try to call us one other time about two, two or three weeks ago when, when Mel Belli was with us? Yes. And you, and, uh, well, and you we couldn't were, get through? And couldn't we get talking? through. The phones were tied up. Was that it? Yes. Right. Sam, let, let me ask you this. There's some reason why you go to a particular doctor or a particular priest, and some reason why apparently you, you uh, wanted to talk to, to me or Lee. Is it that you feel that we have compassion for people who get in trouble? Or is it you feel that uh, we can do something for you? Or is it you feel that uh, we uh, have enough integrity that if we promise you something, that uh, we're going to stick to it? Well, let's find out what, what, why he wanted to talk to Why did you want to talk to Mr. Belli, Sam? I don't want to be hurt. So that was the most complete version of the call that I could find. To give you a little bit of context, the person claiming to be the Zodiac, who they were calling Sam, would call in, speak for a few seconds, and hang up. He would then call back a few minutes later. The theory is that he figured they wouldn't be able to trace the call if he kept hanging up. So this was kind of a collection of little clips put together. The Zodiac also made another claim that he was going to kill a school bus full of kids, but I couldn't locate the clip or the one mentioned earlier, where he said that he was sick and didn't want to go to the gas chamber. The other voice heard in the recording, the more prominent voice, was from Melvin Belli. I'll touch on him in a moment. Well, the following was taken from ZodiacKillerFacts.com regarding the October 22nd, 1969 call. Context here. Sam was the name the Great Value Zodiac said they could call him, as Melvin Belli didn't want to call him Zodiac. He wanted to call him by a name. The police tried to trace Sam's calls to the KGO switchboard, but the caller thwarted their efforts by repeatedly hanging up and calling back. So he was successful in that. Investigators did not believe that Sam was the real Zodiac, but he had to be identified and located nonetheless. 
The Oakland police dispatcher who answered the call from the person who claimed to be the Zodiac stated that Sam was the same caller. The three people who had spoken to the Zodiac also listened to Sam's voice, surviving Zodiac victim Brian Hartnell, Vallejo Police Dispatcher Nancy Slover, and Napa Police Dispatch Officer David Slate all agreed that Sam was an imposter. Brian recalled that the man he had encountered at Lake Berisa seemed older and had a deeper voice. Officer Slate agreed and said that Sam was too young to be the man who called the Napa Police Department. Nancy Slover thought that Sam was too pitiful and pathetic to be Zodiac. A San Francisco Chronicle article referred to the caller as Sam the Sham. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All I'm saying is missed opportunity to call him the Fodiac. I know. That's actually really great. <laughs> I, I really, I really do think that's a perfect name. <laughs> <laughs> After the Jim Dunbar show, Sam the Sham became infatuated with Melvin Belli, who was the guest heard on the Jim Dunbar show clip earlier. Melvin Belli was a big shot celebrity lawyer. When Sam the Sham started calling Melvin Belli at home, the police placed a trace on Belli's phone. To be clear, no one believed the caller to be the Zodiac. Even the Zodiac himself had sent a letter to Belli's home in which he said the other person was an imposter and that he was the OG Zodiac. To prove this, he sent a piece of clothing from his last known victim, Paul Stein, in that letter. Oh, what a sick fuck. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. Belli took this to the police and they confirmed that the scrap of clothes did belong to Stein. Nonetheless, that trace that was placed on Belli's phone paid off on February 18, 1970. The San Francisco police contacted the FBI to let them know that the individual who had been calling Belli and the TV station had been identified and located. The statement they released was redacted, but they did state that the calls had been placed from a mental institution and the caller was a patient there. Even though the statement issued by the FBI was redacted before being released to the public, a former San Francisco Chronicle reporter named Paul Avery identified the man as Eric Wheel, who was a Bay Area photographer. And this guy was kind of a weirdo. He was one of those people who was obsessed with celebrities and always managed to be around wherever there was a camera. Like a paparazzi or something? Uh, not quite. He would come out in the pictures. There's actually some pretty funny pictures of him being at a Bob Dylan press conference. Oh. Asking a bunch of weird questions. Oh. And um, after conducting an investigation, Will was cleared as the Zodiac suspect. Probably the most famous, and I use that term loosely, of the Zodiac suspects was Arthur Lee Allen. This was the main suspect in the movie The Zodiac. The San Francisco Chronicle reported on July 19th, 2009, that DNA evidence on the stamps and envelopes cleared him as the suspect. Handwriting analysis also proved that Allen's handwriting didn't even come close to the Zodiac. According to ZodiacKiller.com, Arthur's own brother, Ron Allen, however, believes that he was the Zodiac. As he claims Arthur was given a Zodiac watch as a Christmas present from their mother in 1967. The logo for that watch was the circle with the cross through the center much like how the Zodiac would sign his letters. Arthur's friend, Don Cheney, also claimed that Arthur would have conversations with him about how a killer named the Zodiac would kill couples at random, would taunt the police with letters, sign the letters with the circle cross symbol from the watch, and would wear makeup 
to change his appearance. A search warrant of Arthur's property didn't locate anything to tie Arthur Allen with the murders. Arthur wasn't a saint by any means, though. He was a former school teacher who had recently been fired for molesting a kid and had moved back home with his parents. Oh, gee. So no, no one sounds great. I'm just going to say that. Not even the sibling who's like, my brother did it. <laughs> with siblings like that, who needs enemies? Jesus. <laughs> That's kind of strange, right? That your own sibling would kind of throw you under the bus. Yes. But I'm wondering if maybe even that sibling grew up seeing weird behaviors and, you know, just kind of thinking that his brother was a little off mentally. Well, he was a little off mentally. He was a child molester, so he wasn't wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, this will be the first and last time that I'll probably ever say this, but I kind of have to go with the police on this one. <laughs> the DNA and handwriting doesn't match. However, Brian Hartnell, one of the Zodiac survivors, did state that Alan's physical appearance and voice were the same as the Zodiacs. They both also wore size 10 and a half shoes per the footprints at the crime scene. Arthur Lee Allen died of natural causes on August 26, 1992. He had been suffering from diabetes and heart problems. Now, I went down a huge rabbit hole on Arthur Lee Allen, and after watching the Zodiac movie, I believed him to be the Zodiac too. Hmm. But the DNA evidence just isn't there. Interesting. There are a lot of conspiracy theories about Alan. Some try to argue that Alan didn't like to lick his own stamps as the glue made him sick, so he would have others lick his stamps for him. Others say the DNA obtained from the stamps was from the outside of the stamp and could have been from one of countless people who touched the envelope. If you do any search on Alan online, you'll quickly find that people seem to be really horny about making Alan the Zodiac. <laughs> I don't think it's nice for anyone to know that he didn't get caught. So that could be why people are just looking to blame it on, on Arthur, I guess. Yeah, it's very possible. Now, there are dozens of other suspects, but a lot of them have already died. All of them had one or two things that made police suspect them, like using some of the same words or owning similar typewriters. Recently, an online group calling themselves the Codebreakers allegedly solved the case and named Gary Post as the killer. Did you hear about this? This happened in October of 2021. Oh, that's, that's super recent. No, I didn't. Now, according to BBC.com, the thing that made the Codebreakers seem credible is that they are a team of 40 volunteers from law enforcement, military, legal, and academic backgrounds, but their evidence is lacking. The Codebreakers found similarities between Post and the 1969 police sketch, particularly the scars on the forehead. They also say deciphered letters from the Zodiac contained anagrams of Post's name. This is what I was referring to when I said earlier, not to believe the Fox News and New York Post hype, if I could quote public enemy. <laughs> Local police in San Francisco and Riverside dismissed the group's claims as being circumstantial evidence. Gary Post died in 2018. Can I ask a quick question? You may. <laughs> The first person that lived, the, the man who actually lived, he didn't have or provide some kind of sketch or what he looked like? There were two people that survived the attacks, and I believe they used both of the people's eyewitness accounts to do the sketches. There's a couple of pretty famous sketches of the Zodiac, but really that's all they have to go by. Two people. Wow. Okay. I was just curious about that. 
No, no, that's that's a good question. It sounded based on everything that I heard, like Brian Hartnell was one of the people that was most cooperative and was always there helping out. Because I did see his name mentioned a few times whenever they would talk about suspects. Right. Uh, so I'm thinking that he might have gotten the best look because he even said that Arthur did fit the physical description for the Zodiac. Uh, they had a similar voice. Yeah. So it sounded like he was at least conscious. I believe the other person, I believe he might have passed out, but they later found them alive. But don't quote me on that. I didn't really go into too much details on the crimes themselves. I kind of wanted to go behind the myth and legend of the Zodiac. Yeah, the guy. Okay. Now, a few more fun facts to round this out. Even though the Zodiac claimed to have killed 37 people, the police only considered seven to be definitive Zodiac victims. Five died, two survived. The case in the Zodiac was officially closed on April 2nd, 2004. As of that date, they still received leads on the case, but don't have enough evidence to pin it on anyone. This case marks the first time in SFPD history that they close an unsolved homicide investigation. The Zodiac usually targeted young couples in secluded areas. He used both guns and knives as weapons. On at least one occasion, he wore an unusual costume. On two occasions, he called the police after the crimes to report the murders. The costume is that comic book looking one that you've probably seen, where he's wearing what appears to be a potato sack on his head with glasses over the eyes and the circle and cross logo on the chest. Right. Which I actually think looks pretty badass. <laughs> There are even some Zodiac action figures with that costume that are fucking awesome. What? But they're $130, so <gasps> nah, fam, I'm good. Nah, that's a lot of money. Wow. And that's about it as far as the facts and some of the funner conspiracies. <laughs> it's super interesting because I've heard about it. I saw the mo one movie. I don't... I don't know if it's the same one, but I saw one movie, the one that with Jake Gyllenhaal some time ago. And that was what kind of made me start looking into it. I was like, oh, this is a real thing. But I feel like he knew that people were going to be looking after him. Therefore, he had to keep things different. Okay, maybe I'm not going to use the same gun. Now I'm going to switch it up with a knife. And this time I'm going to, you know, it's purposefully kept changing and morphing into almost a different killer. So one, maybe he thought people wouldn't think he was a serial killer. You know, that obviously didn't work. But I could see how that could have worked, you know, for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't a serial killer in the most traditional senses because he didn't have a certain MO. Like you said, he always changed it up. Um, he tended to favor couples in secluded areas. But then there was that random taxi driver that he killed. So, yeah, that kind of made it difficult because it was hard to predict what he was going to do next. Right. But, yeah, it was very fascinating. And I've always been familiar with him because he was, you know, one of those type of things that you would see on Unsolved Mysteries or whatever. They would always mention crimes that were like that or if not that crime specific. So, it was always very interesting to me. And much like you, I watched that David Fincher movie, The Zodiac. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the one you were talking about with Jake Gyllenhaal and Robert Downey Jr. That's the one. And... Yeah, it's it's freaking amazing. It was. It was really, really good. Kind of the main guy that they made it seem like, oh, we kind of know it, that's our, our suspect. That's Arthur Allen. Oh, yeah. Remember, he was kind of a big guy. Yes. And I remember they were staring at a watch and yeah, there was like certain things that were kind of cluing them in or something. Yeah. On the ZodiacKillers.com website, 
they did kind of analyze the movie and they said that only about 30% of that was factual. The other 70% was kind of fictitious or they had some facts and they kind of stretched them to fit the narrative. I see. But overall, it was still an amazing movie. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, entertaining as hell for sure. I agree. Also, shout out to SFPD for that being the first unsolved mystery or unsolved mystery, unsolved case. Wow. That's a really good record. What are your thoughts about some of the suspects that I mentioned? Was there one that you liked? Well, just the simple fact that the one person for sure was able to kind of closely match the voice. And then that voice happened to go along with what he looked like. It just sounds so likely. I mean, what are the chances that you're going to get both of those? things in the same body, you know? I don't know. And especially because I feel like our voices, now that I've listened to so many podcasts, our voices are very, they're very fingerprint-like, you know? There's only one person that sounds like, you know, you, I feel like. So, I don't know. It's pretty interesting for sure. I think Arthur sounds like he could be the closest one. Yeah, he would be the one that I would like for the Zodiac also. Maybe like is not the right word, but I guess the one that I think most closely matches the Zodiac. Yes, at least from the ones that we have. I guess it sounds like it's slim slim pickings. That is true. Well, actually, there's a lot of suspects, but those are the most famous ones. And again, I use famous loosely. The ones, I guess, that um, most closely fit his bill kind of thing. That's right. Yeah, it's really interesting for sure. I hope everybody watches that movie. (laughs) And, And the thing that I thought was very weird was that his own brother was kind of pinning it on him. Yes. Yeah. I guess I don't really know what other families must be like when I think of, because I I only know my family. And I feel like if there was anybody who suspected something, they would be the first person to be pulled aside and, you know, have like an actual conversation before you call the police. (laughs) I don't know. This seems backwards. Like they called the police first and then they, they might have talked to the brother. Yeah, imagine how awkward Christmas and Thanksgiving must have been. Do the, I don't even think those families even do Christmas and Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else that you wish to add? I think we've covered a lot. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. And I apologize about doing the Bane voice as the Zodiac. Um, I might end up taking that out, but... <laughs> okay. That was very interesting. It almost gave it a, a nice levity to... You know, to the subject matter. This is the Zodiac speaking. (laughs) That's funny. All right. On that high note, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us. This is the Zodiac speaking. (laughs) (laughs) You simply embraced the darkness. I was born of the darkness. (laughs) 